Welcome to issue 61 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel, and joining me tonight is Steve. Hello, Daniel. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Yourself? Fantastic. And also with us tonight is Mike. Good evening, Daniel. Hey, Mike, I got a question for you. Yeah. What is on your mind tonight? Oh, you're not asking Mustafa, the last of the Earth's Eternals? <laughs> I am not. I'm oh, not. all right. He's, he's busy. Okay, well... Hey, what's on my mind? The League of Cooperative Gaming Marvel Champions Weekend being held on April 24th and 25th. That's only in a couple weeks as of this recording. So probably a week once this goes out. uh, Head on over to the link that I'm sure Steve will post down in the show notes. Uh, It's very quick to register. It's a Discord server. Register, meet up with players, and then play however you want uh, through one of the digital options or video streaming but you can do all the chat and video uh, on there and it's going to be a grand old time. And this is uh, our third or fourth through this server, isn't it? This would be fourth. This is LCG cons fourth. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And that... the rest have been a lot of fun. So yeah. So we're, in it, we're going to reuse some of the stuff that we did last time. This is more of a, a casual, let's just, we've all been tired. COVID has been a thing. We're all inside. Let's just, you know, get together again and we're going to pull out the yep. Kang sets because there's still a bunch of Kangs and Bardane, you and, and Kennedy Hawk did such great work on that. And Guardians of the Galaxy, sorry, Guardians Most Wanted is out right now. So if anyone wants to play that, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people cracking that open. It's time to get back together and play games. That's right. So Steve, this is one of the shadow of the past issues. What does that mean? What are we doing tonight? We are going to take a look at Wasp's nemesis, Beetle. Beetle. Yeah, it's nice to go back and do just sort of a normal episode. I'm excited. Been a while. Yeah. We've just been having too much fun of late. Yeah, we have. We've got to go back to our bread and butter of no fun. None. No, None. If you're having fun, you're doing None it wrong. Fun. Okay. <laughs> so tell us about Beetle, Steve. Yeah, we're going to talk about Beetle, then we'll look at her cards. There have been a few Beetles in, over the years in Marvel. The very first was the ex-Master Mechanic Abner Jenkins. He's like the OG Beetle, the best known version. That's not who we're talking about. Then there's also uh, Layla Davis, who is the widow of the supervillain Ringer. She becomes the second version of the Beetle, but she unfortunately gets killed by a Graviton. So we're not talking about that Beetle. And we're going to be talking about our third and current Beetle, Janice Lincoln. So here's my quick pop quiz. Hmm. She is the daughter of a villain that we know about on this show. Do you guys know who she's the daughter of? Oof. Does she share the last name? Yes. Lincoln. Was I on the show when we talked about this? Lincoln. You probably weren't, but you should have been an avid listener at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What what of two? (laughs) I, you know what? I'm going to say she's Claw's daughter. Nope. Mike, do you have a guess? I have not a, no idea. No so idea. She, she is the daughter of Lonnie Lincoln, Tombstone. Whoa. Mm. Yeah. 
So he will factor in here a little bit on the backstory too. So can I ask a quick question about multiple versions of characters? Sure. Like how do these how do these incarnations really work? Like there's the first beetle, then the second, then the third. Like, is there just the suit gets gets passed around? Do they have any relation to each other at all? Like, how does it happen? I mean, I feel like everyone we talk about, like, well, this is the fifth version of Yellow Jacket or, you know, like it's always like a thousand different people. Yeah. In this case, there's no relation between the three. It's mostly based upon the suit or um, kind of like, the spiritual successor, right? Okay. Uh, they've taken up the mantle, maybe because, mostly in this case, mostly because of the, the beetle suit. And I know there's been some other ones that'll do the same thing. There's a the original Electro. There's currently a female Electro. I don't know her name, her alter ego name, but it's sort of, maybe they share powers or they have the same, you know, I've taken his, his wristbands or Captain America shield, so I'm Captain America now, right? If you've been watching the, the new... Falcon and Winter Soldier stuff. So it's mostly a passing of a title, I think. Okay, okay. So this beetle, she first appears in Captain America number 607 in June 2010. So she's been around a decade. She has 54 major appearances, according to the wikis. So she's, you know, not the most prolific villain that we've seen, but she's better than some. Janice, she grows up kind of a pretty normal life. Her dad, Tombstone... Uh, is in and out of her life. Her mother's a D- Dominican and an ex-girlfriend of his. So she's half Dominican. We have a little bit of diversity here, which is nice to see. Dad, he's mostly there just like pay the bills. He pays for her to go to school. He's not really part of her being raised. Um, but he makes sure she's taken care of financially because we know he's got like that criminal syndicate that he manages. But Janice becomes totally enamored with his criminal lifestyle and wants to become a villain like dad. And he tries to dissuade her from doing it. But in the end, it, he can't. Uh, she ends up she ends up getting the beetle suit from Baron Zemo and the fixer. They also give her a sample of a nanovirus. <laughs> as, as like part of getting the suit, they give her a job she has to do. And that job is to go poison the new Captain America who is Bucky Barnes at the time. Wait, that's her, that's her introduction? Yep. Hey, you want the suit? Go go take out the biggest Bucky name Barnes. on the planet? Okay. Yep. So that with this nanovirus. She's completely like unknown to the superheroes. They don't really know who she is. So she pretends, or she poses as a bartender while Bucky is out with Falcon and this a different, an alternate timeline Steve Rogers, who's not Captain America, because it's Marvel, right? Uh, that would be weird. Yeah, she manages to slip Bucky the nanovirus. Uh, later on, he kind of figures out what's going on, and he tracks. He realizes he's got poisoned by this bartender, and he tracks her to her house to confront her. He has his girlfriend with him, who is Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, and they go to knock on her door, but she's got the door rigged, and it blows up in their face. Both those guys almost get taken out, and then there's a big battle between Beetle, she's now wearing the Beetle suit, and... Captain America slash Bucky Barnes and Black Widow. And she nearly takes both of them out. Like, had they not cheated and double teamed up on her and been that whole like, oh, we can't do it by ourselves thing. She would have taken them out, I think, at the time. Because Bucky's suffering from the nanovirus. They just walked into this explosion and the suit is pretty potent. But in the end, they capture her 
and they haul her off to the raft, which is uh, one of these big shield prisons. They discover that she knows Captain's secret identity because at this point, it's not public that Bucky Barnes is the new Captain America. They interrogate her. That's all she gives up. She doesn't crack. She's no snitch, right? They don't know that she's working for Baron Zemo and the Fixer and any of that sort of stuff. And they off to jail, right? She goes off to jail. But what happens to any good villain when they're in jail? Mm, they get they, out. Somehow she gets out. They don't tell us. She just gets out. Nice. <laughs> if they do tell us, I didn't find that reason. It's just time goes by. She's out of jail. Uh, and she joins up with the Sinister Sticks while it's under control of Boomerang. So this is a Sinister Six that's different than, or it's a different incarnation of the Sinister Six. Boomerang's the leader, and they fight the Superior Spider-Man a whole bunch. That's like their their thing. This Sinister Six goes after Superior Spider-Man, but Spider-Man ends up getting putting Boomerang in jail, and the Sinister Six down to five, I guess. They need a new leader, and they elect Beetle as their new leader. Wow. Oh, yeah. moving up. So now she's the leader of the Sinister Six, uh, but it turns out that the pressures of leading a supervillain team, it's hard. I, and I should know. Really? Yeah, I should know what you, you got. I so, imagine. Well, I mean, I, you've lost a lot of hair since starting this. Yeah, I used to have golden locks, just like Death yeah. Hunt 9000, but gone. <laughs> pressures get to her, and uh, she becomes a despot because she's trying to keep the crew out of jail. So she's like, she's really got an iron fist with the, with the leadership. Uh, that that doesn't go over too well with the rest of the crew, but then somehow Boomerang like manages to get out of jail by double crossing the team and puts himself back in power, kicking her out as the leader. Some time goes by, she ends up joining up with some other supervillains. She joins up with Overdrive and Speed Demon, and then they're captured by the Owl, which is another villain. So it's like villain versus villain sort of thing. And while captured, she has the the wits about her to sort of play for time and she calls for backup, which maybe not a lot of supervillains do. They don't call for backup, but she calls for backup. Who shows up to save her? Tombstone. Dad is there. That's where the other people first find out that Tombstone is her father because she hasn't used that piece of leverage amongst other villains. She's made a name for herself on her own name, not using dad's coattails. Some other interesting things that she does that throughout the comics she pretends that she wants to hook up with Iron Man because, you know, he, we all know Tony Stark's like a ladies' man. So she gets in close to him just so she can assassinate him for women yeah. everywhere. Turns out wow. I have a new favorite villain in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And she almost succeeds, but is thwarted right at the very last minute. How is she thwarted? Dark probably just gets too drunk or something. No. Um, Scott <laughs> Lang, Ant-Man, happens to be present at just the wrong time and saves Tony Stark. Like he knocks him out of the way at the last moment or something like that. It's whole, it's this whole piece where they're both attempting to become like head of Stark industry security and things like that. So Ant-Man happens to be around. Wait, so she, okay. So she wanted to hook up with Iron Man and Scott's just hanging around. Well, she pretends that she's, she, she's using that as a ploy. I won't ask any more questions about Scott. Well, sometime later, her and Scott actually do hook up one night in Miami, and there's like half an issue of like will they, won't they, Miami nightclub stuff, and then you see them in the morning together. You know they spent the night together in a one night stand. So her and Ant-Man have a thing for you know one episode. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot of Beetle, but why is Beetle Wasp's nemesis? 
specifically Nadia Van Dyne's nemesis. I reached out to some folks I know who read the comics. I searched online as much as I could find. And I found one issue where Beetle and the Nadia Van Dyne version of Wasp interact. That's it. That's all I could find was one issue. And it's in the Unstoppable Wasp, Volume 1, Number 7. So Beetle, along with our dear friend Whirlwind, who is a master of evil, are sent on a mission to a hospital to kidnap Nadia Van Dyne. And while they're there to capture her, Janet Van Dyne, or I like to call Retro Wasp, is there and stops them. They want to take Nadia and her friend that she's visiting in the hospital, Ying, they want to take her back to Mother and the Red Room, which we'll see is Nadia's obligation. Uh, Red Dreams it has to do with the Red Room. That's mm-hmm. all I could find. So somebody hires Beetle and Whirlwind to capture Nadia and Ying and bring them back to Mother and the Red Room. And that's that's all I could find to make them nemesis. Nemesis. How long ago was this Unstoppable Wash 7 published? That issue is 2017, I believe. Mm, okay, so not too new, but this might be one of those things where something's happening at Marvel that the greater audience isn't aware of yet. Right. Yeah, it's possible. And Nadia Van Dyne is not Hope Van Dyne, who we see in the MCU, but she's kind of... It's a weird thing. There's so many Van Dynes and Pims, and there's this whole family tree... Actually, if you were to read The Unstoppable Wasp, Volume 2, Number 7, which I did accidentally the first time, uh, Nadia has a birthday party, and they go through her family tree. She gets introduced to this massive number of superheroes, and they're like, this is how I'm related to you. And they go through this big... Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. You know, um, I'm Jocasta, and I'm Ultron's daughter, and Ultron is Pim's son, and yada, yada. You know, it's, it, it's fairly interesting. All right, so where is she now? What is she up to? She's currently the head of a criminal enterprise called The Syndicate, and its primary objective is to support female villains in their careers and bridge the gap between the male-female disparity in organized crime. That's awesome. There's a, you know, there's a bit of a glass ceiling in the criminal underworld. She's, she's out there trying to make life better for those female supervillains. And she is joined by Scorpa, Lady Octopus, White Rabbit, Trapster, and the female Electro. But of course... Spider-Man is always out there trying to bust up what they're doing. So this group and Beetle do battle with Spider-Man quite a bit. Well, I don't get why we're calling, why we're calling Beetle a villain. She sounds awesome. Uh, I, it's really pretty interesting. So, Like, I love this. I love this agenda that she has right now. Like, I, I just think it's super cool. Yeah, I, I found it very interesting. I enjoyed the read and trying to find out more. She's not just some power-hungry, megalomaniac uh, robot bent on world destruction, right? She's trying to make things better. Where she get her powers? What's her gear? So she's just human. She has no special superpowers, none at all. She's pretty average stats for a human. She's not a genius. She doesn't have super athletic, you know, super soldier serum or anything like that. Pretty much without the suit, she's just a run-of-the-mill person. Uh, So it's all about the suit, the beetle armor mark. Four, which is loosely based on the original design for the Beetle way back that Abner had. But it's missing some options, and it has some other options, so it's slightly different. Primarily, it gives her strength, she can fly, and she can stick to walls like Spider-Man can. Oh, so she can't shrink? No. Okay. 
Yeah, no shrinking. There's no pin particles. There's no enlargement. Nothing like that. So, so I did find a, a kind of an interesting thing. We have seen Janice Lincoln in the MCU. Uh, if you watched, did you guys see the Spider-Man Far From Home movie, the one with Mysterio? No, I missed that one. Missed it. All right. So in that, that's the most recent of the Spider-Man movies. She is actually in that that character, Janice Lincoln. She's an ex Stark industry engineer and scientist. And she ends up being disillusioned with Tony Stark, and she joins and helps Mysterio on his uh, missions. So I, I didn't know that was her when watching the movie, but she gets credited as that. So there you go. That's Beetle. Well, well fascinating. So here's a question, and it might require you to know Wasp better than you do or whatever. But like, is there is there someone that would have made more sense as Wasp's nemesis? I'm going to say yes, and that's it. <laughs> I'm going to say yes and then stop there. So I think that's totally fair. I mean, Thomas Edison makes a better match with Ms. Marvel than Beetle does to Wasp. And he's in what? The one arc? Yeah, like the first volume or what? At, what least, at least he's in an arc. Yeah. Right? Yep. yep. Um, There's, something's upcoming. It has to be. Yeah. And this isn't the first time they've done this. Well, thanks for doing the research, Steve. She sounds awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. It, it was fun to do. I'm a fan of Beetle and what she's trying to do. Yeah, me too. Well, let's look at some cards, shall we? Let's do Can it. We? Well, walk us through it, Steve. Lead us up. Okay, so this is your standard Nemesis set. It has five cards, four by title, plus the obligation. Mike, why don't you give us the obligation? Sure. Red Dreams. Obligation. Give to the Naughty of Andine player. You may flip to Alter Ego form, of course. Choose either Exhaust Nadia Van Dyne and remove Red Dreams from the game. Or discard each card with a printed mental resource from your hand and take one damage to discard this obligation. Two blue mm. icons. Um, wow, that discard effect is harsh. But if you had a handful of none of that resource, you could still choose that, right? Yes. Yeah, you take one damage. She has that resource. If you're playing oh, her and I'm making sure. use of her ability, because she gets to pull mental resource cards from her discard pile, I believe. Yeah, they go back into her deck. Yeah. So it's really not that hard of an obligation because you're going to get those cards back. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it means you're, you're nerfing your turn or you're just exhausting her. Which All right. And, and this Red Dreams has to do with the Red Room, which is where she was trained. I believe this is where like Black Widow was trained. And Nadia manages to escape or is rescued from it. Okay. Um, so that's the theme behind the Red Dreams card. She's, I, I think she's dreaming of the time she was stuck in the Red Room with Mother. Hmm. Creepy. I mean, trying to, I'm trying to think what Mustafa would say about this one. Um, <laughs> Where are the more boost icons? Why would I not just exhaust her? Right. That's pretty and, standard. Yeah, I mean, it's just one damage no matter what, right? No matter how many cards. So, I don't know, maybe you get lucky one turn. Where, and this shows up on the turn where you have just one. How likely is she going to be exhausted coming into the step of the villain phase? Right. Is she defending much? She doesn't strike me as a big defender. No, you kind of want to be using her to attack her thwart and spread her damage out and around to the board. She could pick up... One of her attachments gives her retaliate, maybe? Yes. You're so right. Mate, it's her red room training. Yep. yep. Hmm. All right. There are more exciting cards in the set, though. Yeah, let's, okay. let's, get to it. Let's, let's meet the star of the show. Yeah. All right, so let me tell you about Beetle, a unique minion with 
a whopping one scheme and one attack, four hit points. She has the criminal trait and guard. Forced interrupt. When Beetle is defeated, choose to either spend a physical resource or shuffle Beetle into the encounter deck. She's Wasp Nemesis minion, and she has two boost icon. Deja vu. All over again. Yeah, I mean, her stats aren't super great, but guard is nice. And then it's forcing you to spend uh, physical resources, which maybe you don't have because you've got all the mentals, because that's what Wasp wants to do. I don't remember what I said during our hot take, but my thought now is I wish this had an additional boost icon, not just because boost icons are awesome, but just to make that choice of whether or not to spend that resource a little harder. It does get, it complicates it, yeah. Yeah, Hmm. because it's, she's not horrible enough that you don't mind shuffling her back in. So someone sell me on the theme of this card. Can't put a good villain down. Her suit is pretty resilient. Kind of speaks to a bit of resourcefulness. I, I haven't read the comics with her. I guess... I'm bummed out that she's not elite. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's odd. Uh, She's criminal, which I think is a trait that plays into the new box, right? Oh. In Nebula. Right. Yeah. Yeah, she might come out a lot. Yeah. Okay. You know, if everything hits just right. So. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, for the leader of the Sinister Sticks, Sinister Six, you'd think she'd be elite. Yeah, I think she should have a higher scheme. Maybe just a two, right? That yeah. would show her leadership and the plots and the different things she's doing. So, I'm thinking the next card we're about to talk about might be the reason why her stats aren't higher. Okay. And keep in mind, this came out, she was paired with Yellow Jacket, and we were not totally sold on Yellow Jacket, but the rest of his cards really beefed up his set. That's true. That's a good point. Well, you guys have both made a whole lot about this armor, so let me tell you about it. This is Beetle Armor Mark IV. Um, it's armor and tech traded. Attach to Beetle if able, if you cannot attach to the villain. Attached character gets plus four hit points. And it has two boost icons. Ugh. Why can't I ever find anything around here? Janice Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. I know when we first did the hot take, you're looking at the four hit points and probably saying something about, oh, it doesn't scale for player count. Where this matters, and I had this happen, I was playing with a friend who pulled this out really early in the game. We were playing Kang and then the armor popped out when I was alone. And I had one of the Kangs that, it was a Mortis, the one that couldn't be hit while there were minions around. Oh, nice. <laughs> and we were playing with the Master of Time set and it got crazy and it was difficult to get any hits in. And just this came out on a Mortis. He suddenly had plus four hit points and that was significant enough that we had. To, it wasn't just a, oh, one punch we get around it. Or to boost foot up. Oh, I'm just doing 12 damage anyways. No, no, it wasn't like that. This It made a difference. But it made a difference because it was a solo threat area. Sure. Right. And and if it does get attached to Beetle, that's a four health guard minion. Um, With ooh. another four? Yeah. yeah okay. It's an eight, an eight health yeah. guard minion. Right, right. So, yeah. yeah. Four and four. Yeah, that's pretty good size. That's got to feel bad when your swinging web kick goes to a minion. <laughs> That you then have to shuffle back into the encounter deck because you don't have the fist resource. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I like this armor. It's good. I, I like too. I should just throw it on the floor. Like whatever. Who cares? It's scattered <laughs> on the room. <laughs> All right. Next one is Beetlemania. See what they did there? Mm. There are two copies of this. <laughs> it is a treachery. When revealed, if you're an alter ego, this card gains search. Well, okay. 
But if you're in hero mode, Beetle attacks you with plus one attack. Ooh, she gets a two. If no attack was made this way, this card gains search. I was waiting for this moment to arise. Beetle. You, you, you didn't sing it. <sighs> Laying it on thick, guys. I, I was I was a Stones fan. Okay. I was going to say, we're not going to overlay any Beatles music be- tracks this time, because we can't afford that. Uh, no, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> like, I understand the power of gravity, but this art seems a little extreme. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a little extreme. Um, Enough said. Okay. Plus one attack. <laughs> Thoughts? Uh, okay, so Beatles going to attack for two. This is... And, and there's two of these in the deck? This is weak. Yeah, it, it like... She has to be out. If she's not out, it surges. This is just this is a weak sauce. Oh, this is disappointing. Like uh, the two of cards in most Nemesis decks, like they really matter, and this just ugh. Beetle attack. Yeah, it it needs something else in there. And it's only got one boost. Like it's just. I think nine times out of ten, this card's just going to surge. That's it. Yeah. It's just a oh, just put it back. You know, surge. It's going to surge an alter ego. Beetle's probably not around. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, she's going to be coming back. She may be coming back out into play more because of her effect, her own effect. But there's a good chance that you had to kill Beetle because you want to attack the min- the villain because she has guard. So Beetle Mania is going to do nothing. So Yeah. The, the surprise attack with boosted attack is a really good effect. Anything that prevents the player from mathing stuff out is really nice to see. It's just unfortunate it doesn't trigger. Like, the armor can get attached to anybody else. It'd be kind of nice if you know, the villain could attack you with plus one. Well, yeah, maybe this uh, side scheme can make it all worthwhile. Okay, so the side scheme is Mother's Orders. Mother has sent one of her most devious henchmen after Wasp, hoping to recapture the Red Room escapee. As an additional cost for each hero to make a basic attack, that hero must spend one of any resource. It has two threat per player, and has three boost icons. Not bad. Situational, right? She-Hulk hates this. Really hates this. Hulk hates this. Yep. Ms. Marvel doesn't care. Even characters like Thor or Hawkeye, uh, who are relying on their base attack, or, you know, maybe um, Rocket with the new hand cannon. Yeah. That sort of stuff. Yeah. I think it's, it's a decent card. Yeah. I wouldn't call it top tier, but it's decent. I like it. If the treachery had more going on, this card would be kind of a fun addition to it because uh, you're using up resources to make attacks. You're using up resources to keep Beetle dead. You know, the Beetle Mania could have forced you to use up resources to prevent an attack or to do something, which would have been really cool if if that treachery had forced you to spend resources. Mm-hmm. Then most mm-hmm. of her set makes you spend resources. And so does tombstone her father make you spend resources okay yeah yeah that would have been great if that beetle mania had forced you to spend some resources to do something or prevent something because then you you know kind of like a family trait there that could have been tied together but yeah Mm. i want beetle mania to pull beetle out of the deck and attack you yep it it could even be uh spend some resources or we're gonna pull beetle out of the deck and she's gonna attack you yeah love it well What's your God, grade? I'm giving this a I'm giving this a D plus C minus. I actually agree with you. I'm not impressed by this Nemesis set. And Wasp is a really strong hero and deserves a much better Nemesis. Yeah, I agree. 
And the villain herself deserves a better incarnation in the game because she's awesome. Yep, I agree. Hmm. Pretty disappointing. You'll notice, too, a couple uh, art credits on these cards. It's like on Mother's Orders, there's an art credit, which means they had to commission a piece of art that had Beetle and Wasp in it together because they aren't anywhere together like this <laughs> yeah. in the comic. These were all commissioned. Yep. Even Red Dreams. Wow. Yeah, they're gearing up for something. Yeah. I wish we knew what it was. But yeah, this was... God, I wanted this to be a better set. I haven't even really looked at this. Yeah, it's it's a small hurdle that yeah. you step over. Hey, Steve, want to do a side scheme? Yeah, let's do a little side scheme. What do you want to talk about? Uh, let's talk about the game we just played. Oh, sounds good. That set that just released, Guardian Galaxy's Most Wanted. Yeah, it, we recorded an, a game against nebula and it's out there on our youtube channel that we have now Ooh, youtube uh, i've been playing some galaxies most wanted my first impressions have been it has been enjoyable uh how about you first impressions yeah Hot takes. quite enjoyable i would hazard a guess to say that if you want your i think a, a good way to get into this if you if you're just looking at it for the first time pick up rocket and open the first scenario just pre-built deck because it's really suited to his play style, and you can just have fun with it. Yeah. I, my buddy and I, we took Rocket and Group, just opened the box, Handy picked the deck, and off we went. And they play well together. They're fun. I've, I've been enjoying both of them. We have a campaign going two-player on standard with Rocket Aggression and Group Protection, and we have beaten a few uh, first couple. Well, we're look, I'm looking forward to playing the rest. And on solo, I have taken a rocket aggression deck that I've tweaked, I've, I've adjusted, and beat Nebula with it in a standard campaign. Took four tries to beat Nebula, Oof. but I did it. Yeah, she is, you know, I think you're going to, it's no joke, or it's no surprise that this box is more difficult, I think, than previous scenarios. Nice to see the villains get get their fair shake, especially yep. after what we just talked about here with Beetle. It is definitely more difficult. It definitely requires some deck building. But there was that whole, you know, I think there was a lot of cry of this game's too easy. You know, I always win. I never lose. I, I even saw some people do like these crazy achievements where I'm going to play a game and never take any damage. And you could do that. And now it's, I'm going to play a game. I just want to win. I, I got to do pull out all the stops. And I, I think that's kind of nice. Um, yeah. It, it does hurt the casual game player, right? I don't think if you're a casual gamer, you are not playing this box on expert campaign. I don't think not from what I've seen. Um, no, but I mean, I don't know. I'm going to wait a while before I pull out expert in this box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's smart. Uh, Debbie was fun. She was a blast. I like the way she, I like the way she, triggers off these different techniques and they're all they're flipping in and out it's not as exciting solo with her because you're the only one who's going to get it and it sticks around longer in a two-player game she might get it it triggers against the other guy then it goes so you can you know um it it can rack up against you in a solo game so it's got a really neat feel the way the battle flows she's always changing her techniques and it just feels like a, a fight with nebula where she's always trying to do something to get to get the advantage yep yeah and uh she ultimately gets the better of us yes yep although yeah. perhaps i wasn't bringing the best deck because 
we went in blind. Oh well. The stalwart new keyword, right? Yep. Can't stun or confuse, and several characters in this campaign have stalwart, which you know there goes those stun lock decks. Um, that really made things a little too easy sometimes for the heroes, especially solo. That's not going to work in the Guardians box. So nope, nope not at all. Yeah, I I like to. Um, at, you know, I both played Lord of the Rings since forever. Uh, this is everything. This is the heirs of Numenor box. Yeah, right? that's yeah. This is heirs yep. of Numenor. We're just waiting for the outcry. <laughs> it's, the, it's the second big box expansion that was just very, you know, a lot more difficult than the previous one. And uh, um, I think it opens up being being more difficult. I think it kind of opens up some gameplay space for those S tier heroes who people kind of put to the side because they were too powerful. Now you got to, you know, oh, I'm going to play Doctor Strange or I want to play Scarlet Witch. I, I don't want to play because the villains are more difficult. So now I get to use those heroes in a in a good challenge. I, I like think that. the difficulty is spot on. Yeah. Now, neither one of us have played Ronin, and I hear that's just brutal. Is it? Oh, okay. So I, I'm going to assume you can't use the Ronin print and play in the Ronin set because right. he's not can't. He's not. Right. Both of them are Ronan the Accuser. Got it. Yeah. All right. Well, if that's all we've got, it looks like uh, Daniel, he went back to the Red Room under Mother's Orders. So it's just the two of us. Uh, Mike, why don't you tell us where the folks can find us? All right. Hey, do you have the plans for the Mark V armor? We want to know. You can email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube by searching Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Fardane, Big Foam Loaf, The Truth, and Wandering Tube. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Janice, take us out. You colossal idiot. Are you seriously trying to mansplain heist to us now?